Welcome to the Wellness Within podcast. We are a nonprofit wellness center for patients, survivors, caregivers, and families affected by the trauma of cancer. We provide a wide range of services that enhance an individual's ability to experience quality of life. And we believe that everyone should have access to our programs and conversations, which are offered freely to ensure that no one is ever denied the support they need. If you find inspiration in what we share, we invite you to consider supporting Wellness Within through a donation. Your generosity enables us to continue offering these valuable resources to our community. To make a donation and contribute to the well-being of those facing cancer, please visit our website at wellnesswithin.org or click the link in the episode description. Your support makes a difference. So thank you for being a vital part of our mission. Together, we empower whole person well-being, bridging gaps, and reconnecting to what is most meaningful. Welcome to Wellness Within. We would like to thank Koinonia Family Services, Consolidated Communications, and Merchants Bank of Commerce, who in part sponsor this podcast. Join us for relaxing meditations and enlivening conversations about topics that support wellness in the presence of cancer. To access our class schedule, to make a donation, or to sign up for our newsletter, please visit wellnesswithin.org. It was just somewhere where I could lay my story and it felt like a heaviness was gone because these people knew my situation. They knew why I was crying. They knew they'd been there. So, I mean, I attended three or four sessions and every time I left feeling like, wow, I am really grateful. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Within podcast. My name is Stevie Hannacle, and today I am joined by Nicole Eldridge, who is graciously coming on to speak about what the journey has been like for her in dealing with cancer. Nicole has been a participating member of the 45 Vision Under Breast Cancer Support Group, led by Kristen Kozowski and Mari Williams. And we actually had done a previous episode with them in March, which was very impactful because they came on and they spoke about the vital role of the 45 and under breast cancer support groups and the unique challenges that women in this age group face. So I highly recommend to go back and listen to that episode as well when you get the chance to. But welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much for being here and for being open to share your story. For our listeners who don't yet know you, do you mind telling them about yourself, your diagnosis, and your journey thus far? Yes, thank you for having me. I am excited to share. I am, as of today, 46. (laughs) I just missed the cutoff, so (laughs) I just had a birthday. birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am a mother of three adult children, and I have three grandchildren. Super fun being a grandparent. My journey thus far, I am one and a half years post-diagnosis and just recently celebrated my one-year anniversary, and I will continue to do that. (laughs) That's a new date on our calendar. In November of 2019, 
if any of us can remember that far back. I was showering and felt a lump on my left breast. And I was like, huh, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's probably nothing. So of course, you know, just put it in the back of your head. And I, a couple days goes by and I'm like, huh, maybe it's not nothing. <laughs> so I was going on vacation to see my grandkids and go to Disney World. So I was like, I'll just go to the doctor when I come back. So I already had it in my mind that I was going to take care of it. So after that, I did go to the doctor and she rushed me through the diagnostics. And January 9th, I was diagnosed with stage 1A non-invasive ductal carcinoma. Yeah, was <laughs> takes you back lots of emotions, but yeah. Absolutely. And how did that impact you overall, though, emotionally Um, and physically? Well, emotionally, it's very eye-opening to be 44 years old and have cancer, for one thing. But it's just the way it is nowadays that cancer has no age, no boundaries. Just to kind of go back to how you came across your cancer, this is actually also how I found mine, you know, through a self-check that I did. I felt a lump and I booked an appointment the next day and they did a biopsy and within a couple of days, it was confirmed to be cancer. So if it wasn't for doing that self-check, it could have progressed even further, right? You know, catching it ourselves is so important. Young women don't start getting mammograms typically until later in life. In your case, I know you mentioned that before when I've spoken to you, that maybe it didn't even show up on your mammogram originally as well. Is that correct? Yes, this is true. I had just had a mammogram a year prior. Obviously, I had my first one. And then even for the diagnostic mammogram, after I felt the lump, it still didn't show on that. So then the second step is if it's not seen on mammography is you use the ultrasound and it was still, I don't know, it just the location, it was a little deep. So it was seen on ultrasound. So then it was confirmed. So, I mean, had I not palpated it, I may not have seen it even on my next breast exam, which you're losing time with the early detection and the earlier, the better. So I was very blessed. Yeah. And I think it goes to the point just there, you know, that, it's important to start doing these checks on our own early, really early. And if we feel anything to go in and see our doctor, you know, because in your case, it wasn't, it wasn't even seen in a mammogram and could have not been seen for some time. So feeling it is is so important. So thank you for sharing that message. And previously, you actually also told me that you have been working for quite some time in the oncology department at Sutter, is that correct? Yes, I am a 16-year employee with Sutter Health. I started out on the oncology floor inpatient and eventually ended up in the outpatient infusion center um, where they administer chemotherapy. And now I work on the IT side of the chemotherapy administration for the electronic health records. So it's just been running through my veins for the last 16 years. Wow. And what has that been like for you after having been working there for so long? How did that maybe influence your perspective on your diagnosis and treatment? Well, it was good and bad. And the bad part is, you know, too much and you automatically go right to worst case scenario. (laughs) It's like, especially working inpatient for so long, I only saw the acute part and the end stages or initial diagnosis. So it was like, 
you were so jaded by that and you're like, oh, I don't want to be that person. But then you also, once I transitioned to outpatient, I got to see, okay, people do survive these things, you know? So it was both positive and negative, but I say positive in the fact that I've always had a very heightened awareness of my mortality and I have never taken for granted today and tomorrow. So I felt that that was a gift that my job has given me is always being able to be in the moment, always hug somebody, say you love them because it could, we never know, you know, you just don't. And I feel like that's the gift that oncology has given to me and working with oncology patients and now as an oncology patient. Wow. Yeah, that's very insightful. What a blessing to have that perspective, you know, because you're right. It's every day, every moment. That's that's where we really want to be, right? Right here, right now. Right, so, in the present. In the present. So for the younger demographic of breast cancer patients, this age group tends to have its its own unique challenges due to the life stage. You know, women in this age group tend to be managing a lot, right? You know, managing their own lives, sometimes kids or grandkids, finances, career, and so on. Um, I know Kristen and Mari, who lead the support group we mentioned earlier, actually speak on this you know, previously in that, in that podcast episode back in March, but I was curious in, in your case, you know, how did your diagnosis impact your lifestyle and the way you manage your life? Did you have to make any changes at all? Well, I was very, again, supported by my employer because I was going through radiation. I did ask to work from home or to have some kind of accommodations due to the daily treatment. And then the physical limitations, you know, with where you have to keep your breast, like it's hard to wear a bra, you know, it's like, (laughs) I would love to come into the office, but you don't want to have to be applying lotions in the bathroom and such things. And so they were very accommodating and, you know, allowed me the time from home. So I was grateful for that. But also even in the diagnosis, you know, you get the oncotype and they tell you, you know, your 10 year reoccurrence rate is like 10 years. Like <laughs> I would only be 55. I need to know like 40 years. <laughs> I need 30 years. You know, if you're 60, I guess 10, 70, that's a little different, but I wanted to know more longevity than 10 years from 45 years old. So, and then I also, because I have it, you know, my mother also had breast cancer and then with me, and then my first worry was my daughter and then my granddaughter. So those aren't always things that older people have to worry about possibly is this generational and genetic piece to it. So thank goodness there are no genetics. It's just, it just happened. So that was one of the biggest blessings out of the whole thing is that, you know, my daughter got tested as well and there's no genetic link. So that's fantastic. Yes. That's really great. And that's also amazing of your of your employer, obviously, too, to be able to accommodate you, because I know that's not always the case for everyone, you know, sometimes having to power through even throughout treatment, I've heard in some cases. So I know you mentioned your diagnosis, but it was shortly before COVID that you started treatment. Is that correct? Yeah, I think COVID started was December. So I slid like right under the wire where I just kind of came in and all of my stuff was done. But then later down the line with my radiation, that's when they started having the COVID restrictions. I have a very high anxiety level when it comes to like medical things. 
So I was very anxious through all of my procedures. And then when I was told that I had to go by myself, I was like, um, <laughs> I don't know if I can do that because I have such a great support system of my friends. You know, it was understandable, but then it was also, it just adds an extra layer, you know, because sometimes you go into appointments and you're like not thinking and you're not hearing and my friend would write stuff down for me because I was just mind blown at some times. And so later on, she's like, here's the notes. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> so you just lose those, those backups and that comfort, those comfort measures. But it also, I feel made me a little bit stronger. Wow. Yeah. COVID and a cancer diagnosis and treatment all around the same time, that sounds very difficult to navigate. And like you mentioned, having, you know, less of that support nearby throughout your treatments, that sounds like it was, it was rough, but, and, and what other ways have you been, you know, coping with this though? Like, are there other methods that you use to cope with, you know, diagnosis, treatment and COVID? I found that like, when I reached out to you, I think that was one of my first things I was like, I want to volunteer. I want to do something. I want to give back. So I believe I emailed wellness within. I was like, are you, are you guys in need of any support? Like I'm here. So since then I've did that. I've volunteered for Sacramento Pink. I'm also now a patient um, liaison for Sutter Roseville as a patient family advocate. So I feel like I've, I'm trying to put myself out in the community to, to give back what somebody would have done for me. You know, people paved the way for the way that my treatment went you know, Soda Roseville is a breast center of excellence. And I thought I was just a VIP, but apparently they do it very well there. <laughs> but somebody had to go through those bumps and bruises to get my path to be smooth. I just am very appreciative for that. I love that. Yeah, that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. And I know, you know, you've been part of the 45-ish and under breast cancer support group. And you know, everyone is different in their journey and they find support in different ways. And I've heard some people not be fans of support groups, you know, because they think they would be maybe a negative environment or perhaps they're afraid to open up to others in such a way. And for other people, though, I have heard that the connection and sharing with others um, has really, really helped them. So I'm curious, though, what was your experience like in the support group? And and what is it about support groups that you find is the most helpful? I was very standoffish for support groups because I had asked my, my friend, I was like, so there's a support group. She's like, yeah, I don't think you would do well in support groups. I was like, okay. But it was nice because it was, it was COVID. So it was all Zoom, so it wasn't so intimidating because I, I don't know, I have a hard time meeting new people. So going into a room of complete strangers would have probably been a lot more difficult to manage than turning on my computer. So I just did it and I felt awkward, of course, and I got very emotional. So it's really hard to just cry in front of complete strangers. But there was just space, like it was just somewhere where I could lay my story and it felt like a heaviness was gone because these people knew my situation. They knew why I was crying. They knew they'd been there. So, I mean, I attended three or four sessions and every time I left feeling like, wow, I am really grateful for my situation. 
you know, there were several people there with very advanced diagnoses or very chemo intensive therapies or a lack of a support system during COVID losing their jobs, you know, with small children. I was just like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I just felt very, very gracious after I got off of that call. Even if it wasn't doing anything but that for me, I felt that it was very nice to know that it could have been so much worse. Absolutely. That makes sense. And I'm hearing in others' stories, it causes you to reflect on your own experience in such a new way. And everyone's experience, of course, is very different because everyone's cancer is very different. So the diagnosis and the treatment, it's all, it's always, like I said, going to be different. So there's trauma everywhere though in the experience, right? So we all internalize that trauma differently. And so when we come together in support groups, I can speak from my experience too, when we come together in support groups and being able to share and have others, like you said, understand why you're crying. They really understand. You don't even have to say something sometimes and they just feel it with you. They know exactly because they're right there with you. And so I, I, I totally relate in that way with what you mentioned there. I think I have one last question for you, Nicole. You know, what do you hope others will perhaps understand more by hearing your story today? I think the biggest takeaway and my one reason for sharing my story is that self-examination. I know that my physician, even though she has the best diagnostic tools, she still does a very thorough breast examination when I go in and it's, and she will also show me how to do it. So it's not just like a, self-examination. No, really self-examination, you know, take it seriously because don't rely on machinery or don't rely on somebody else to catch it for you. Be an advocate for yourself. I, like I said, I was very grateful that my primary care physician was just a stat, jumped me through the process. And for that, I feel that I was able to catch this early and have a better outcome. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for being here today, Nicole, and for sharing your story and being a light for others in this way. For any listeners that are interested in possibly joining a support group or learning more about our services, please go to our Wellness Within Programs calendar and all of our support groups listed there are held via Zoom. So like Nicole mentioned earlier, It could be anywhere and you can be in the safety of your own home to attend some of these groups. Go ahead and check us out at wellnesswithin.org. But thank you again, Nicole, and take care, everyone.